It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live and on location, it is nighttime at noon from the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. This is a brand new facility about to embark on its uh, maiden voyages with the first couple of events in the next uh, few weeks. And we are going to give you everything you need to know about uh, the home of the Henderson Silver Knights and, of course, the uh, Vegas Nighthawks uh, indoor football team over the next uh, one hour. Darren Millard, along with the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, uh, with me. We're spending a lot of time together, and it's it's been quite enjoyable because you like to work and you like to talk so i get to sit back and do a whole lot of nothing i just like to spend time with you uh so thank you for gracing me with your presence so this is like it's just like four times in five days mm-hmm. or something but only a couple of them on the air uh this place this place is so nice that i feel i feel out of place i almost took my shoes off when i was at the front door before i came in the building really i almost did i didn't because uh, then uh, nobody else did. I would have felt weird. I'm not where I have uh, socks with holes. Do you steel No, I have socks with holes in them that I can't. I can't get rid of. It is a, a marvelous facility, and there's all kinds of different stats that will bring you regarding how many uh, million LED lights and steel and concrete. But the the most important thing is it's. Uh, going to be the new home of uh, Las Vegas uh, professional sports teams and uh, and uh, a great uh, pinnacle and shining light for the city of Henderson. It sparkles and you know what it, the the benefit that we've had and, and maybe me especially for the last year is incrementally coming in to check on the progress of the building. I remember when it was you know just some steel trusses standing up yep. and nothing more than that and now it's complete. Um, but even over the last couple of weeks where you thought it was done and didn't realize how much more there was to add to it, now there's uh, the, the wraps on the walls, the, the, the artwork, the coloring, the outside, uh, the plaza's done. It's, it's done now, uh, and it's, it's breathtaking that it's finally complete and that uh, for, for any fan, right now for those of you, well, none of you can see us, we're sitting in the press lo- uh, loge boxes on the premium level, um, this is where the press will sit during games, but if you're at the top of the lower bowl, as close to nosebleeds here as you can get, you feel like you can reach out and touch the glass. The intimacy mm-hmm. of this building is phenomenal, uh, and fans are going to get to see it for themselves in just a couple of weeks. We have the uh, big uh, basketball tournament that's coming up. We have the uh, huge launch of the uh, Vegas Nighthawks, and then the Silver Knights uh, will will round out in a, a series of firsts that will uh, launch and, and come your way over the next uh, five, five, six weeks uh, or, or so. So we're live from the Dollar Loan Center. Wanted to talk a, a little bit of hockey with you as well. Uh, before we welcome in Gabe, Mar- Gabe Marabelli, uh, the Director of Enterprise Operations, is going to, to pop on, and he's going to answer all of our uh, very intricate questions. Uh, some, are, some are simple. Some are a little uh, off the, uh, the beaten path. But, you, uh, you've but been looking up questions to ask. You're trying to catch them. I have. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, Gabe actually challenged me. He said, ask me anything so i went deep down the rabbit hole to try and be able to trip him up get ready to learn about lug nuts folks we're mm-hmm. going to <laughs> uh we've got some hockey to talk about and the, the vegas golden knights coming off the uh, loss against the colorado avalanche on the weekend in which was was one of the most entertaining hockey games at t-mobile arena no the result wasn't uh, what we all anticipated but that that, that was a great fun back and forth game uh, involving two of the best in the western conference and, and almost like the prior time these two teams met, the first period felt playoff-esque, but also 
the Golden Knights had so much jump in the first 20 minutes. And, and uh, again, it's a game that the Avalanche ultimately win, basically taking advantage of a 30-second window to score twice. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's a game that could have been – it was 2-1 after 20 minutes. It could have been 5-1 after 20 minutes without Darcy Kemper. Uh, Kemper's been fantastic uh, the last two times inside that building, a shutout and then pulling off the, the win. Laurent Brassois uh, has been the, the, the tough luck uh, loser in, in both games, yeah. uh, falling 2 nothing, and then was really good again in playing his first set of back-to-backs on consecutive nights since 2017. It was only the second time uh, as he played on, on Friday against Arizona and Saturday uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, but uh, I, I think there's there's some real positives to take from, from where the Golden Knights are coming from, uh, trying to get back into that uh, rhythm of the National Hockey League season, which is going to be a very busy March and April. And Pete DeBoer kind of referenced that after the game. He liked a lot of what they did. They didn't do enough to win, unfortunately. But Sometimes when you're playing what right now is ranked the number one team in the National Hockey League, the margin of error is going to be very tight. And again, saying that it almost felt playoff-like. What, what are the teams that win the Cup or have the chance to win the Cup at the end of, of a playoff tournament? Of course, you're going to have your, your teams that make the fewest mistakes. That will coalesce a handful. But the team that ultimately wins usually is the team that has one or two more pucks bounce off a shin guard than somebody else does. Yeah. And that was kind of the margin on, on uh, Saturday night was – you had the puck that went in off the midsection of JT Comfer. That's a tough break. That's a puck that was going three feet wide. Uh, and then you have Nathan McKinnon score shortly after on a, a one-timer that I'm surprised more players who have that kind of shot don't take that that high zone one-timer off a two-on-one because there's no way the goaltender is going to be able to push off with any kind of oomph and, and get set again. So, again, a bang-bang goal for Nathan McKinnon, and that was the difference. But uh, it was a game where the, the VGK did a lot a lot to feel good about. It was a game where they played very, very well, didn't just get the result they needed, and now you hope you can carry that forward, uh, particularly against San Jose. Have you done any genealogy like tracking of, of your ancestors at all? My because uncle I, has. Because I think you and I... I think there's a connection. Are we there. the same person? I think we are because I'm. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, the the Riley Smith Jonathan Marchessault pass yep. was was higher than than normal and went a long way across the rink. It was like a 37 foot pass. Yeah. Dots are 44 uh, feet apart, and that that made Kemper go a long way across. And uh, that that Nathan McKinnon high zone one timer. It's uh, so hard to stop, and you don't expect it. Yep. One. Uh, the defense doesn't expect it because Nathan McKinnon is going to use his speed and take the puck to right. the net. And, and the other part is, is just uh, everybody has to track so far uh, across. I feel like Yager used to do it a lot mm -hmm. in the, like the, the mid-2000s. No, I remember no. that. Yager's still doing it. Well, yes, he's doing it now at the just age of 50. 50. And he's still yeah. playing professional hockey in Gladnell. But, but he was the first guy I saw do it more, more often was that, that high zone one-timer on the two-on-one. -on -one. You don't even op open up for it. You're just in stride, mostly upper body. But when you do that, the closer you are, the shorter distance the goaltender has to push across. Now he's yeah. only getting from post to post. He's not out of his crease, and he can just lunge and throw all of his body weight from post to post. Further out, you're not going to get that push-off that you would get in tighter. And, and basically there, okay, hope I got to get with my arm, or I got to get with my leg, or I'm not going to get it at all. Um and uh, you know that was that was just a, a tough one for Laurent Brassois in that moment. But throughout the night, he was phenomenal. It was just a, a very very tight margin for error contest. And if you're left-handed, right-handed shot, uh, you can actually make it go even further, uh, depending on if the puck goes across your body, and then and then you angle that puck in. But uh, the the goaltender has to 
be conscious of whether Marshall is going to send it back to Riley Smith in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so maybe watching a little bit. I think it, uh, I'm with you. Uh, it, just, uh, it was two perfect goals, examples of uh, making the play early instead of late, and sometimes that can uh, throw uh, throw off the opposition. But they they scored early. They had the, the, the lead. Um, I think they're going to the third period. They had the advantage. Uh, backup goaltender health uh, is, is a question mark right now again and uh, a couple of updates uh, from uh, Pete DeBoer's session with the media today uh, said uh, Max Pacioretty is a lower body injury uh, Matthias Janmark is an upper body ailment uh, they both left the game after two periods Friday night versus the Arizona Coyotes and Pete said uh, he wouldn't call either of them close both are out tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. Alec Martinez was out there again he was skating in a pair with Dylan Coughlin uh, not an option for tomorrow and Robin Leonard here's a uh, great news activated uh, off IR ready to go probably start tomorrow Pete doesn't give you many clues on the starting goaltender doesn't go down that path and he's uh, drawn that line in the sand where uh, we don't ask uh, because he's not going to he doesn't want to get into that every day uh, who's going to be the starter so Pete uh, giving us the the real uh, hint that Robin Leonard is going to be able to start tomorrow uh, is huge. Yeah. And uh, he also noted that uh, special teams are most impacted by the injuries. Yeah, you see that. But he countered that by saying he feels like they're healthier now than they were earlier in the season. So that's not going to be anything that they're going to be leaning on regarding woe is me. Yeah, and who you're missing, though, again, like especially when you're talking about Special teams being most impacted. Well, yeah, if you're missing Mark Stone, that's a huge miss. If you're missing Max Pacioretty on the power play, that's a huge miss. But, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You need to find a way to win games still. I think him mentioning that Robin Leonard is going to go is similarly, not to, to completely compare the two, but, you know, Logan Thompson has gone back to the Silver Knights, and uh, what kind of an uplift can they get from getting their number one back as the Silver Knights? I've had a hard time stringing wins together lately. Same thing for the VGK who want to get back in the win column more consistently. Sometimes it's a huge lift to get your number one back in the mix. So, you know, even just, just projecting that out is significant. Yeah, and they got some great mileage uh, out of Logan when he was up with a win and Laurent Bressois playing some of the best hockey that uh, that we've seen him play as, sure. a, as a Golden Knight and deserved way better fate uh, on the Friday-Saturday doubleheader than he got. Absolutely, and, and but st- still, Robin Leonard is your number one. So to be able to, to signify that he's available sends a huge message. I, I think one of the things that really jumped out to me, especially, especially in the first period against Colorado, was uh, the, the neutral zone. Uh, work that they did. How many how many turnovers did they force in the neutral zone in the first period? I think I counted six that were just p- pucks that were picked off in transition. Of course, one leads directly to the Marcheseau goal on a turnover that was forced by uh, by Riley Smith. But they did such a good job clogging up the neutral zone. And again, despite not getting the the outcome that they want, if they can maintain that kind of structure going forward, that's going to translate to wins. And it also is the kind of hockey that's going to be conducive to success in the postseason. Like that's the kind of gum up the middle of the ice style of hockey you want to perfect now heading into spring hockey and, and they, they looked great in that in that uh, area of the game over the weekend tell you how effective it was the night before against Winnipeg Nathan McKinnon had 14 shots on goal his first shot was the goal was the goal uh, that, that he scored on in the third period he didn't have anything uh, on net uh, through the first 40 minutes so I think uh, so much to, to like and it, it, I compare it to Star Wars where where they just put up this wall uh, at, at the at the blue line like this force field and 
Colorado couldn't penetrate it. And they were very, uh, Colorado's uh, a skilled team, and you saw it last year in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the, in, in the series that they, they faced each other. Get a little stubborn at times. Mm-hmm. And they are so focused and determined to carry the puck in, and Vegas has shut that down. You, you, they, you cannot carry the puck in. Uh, with possession against the Golden Knights. And they were a completely different team. I think last year's playoff series between Vegas and Colorado, it's a great template to look at for the recipe for beating that team in the postseason because the playoff hockey is always going to be different. It's always going to be tighter, stronger checking, more is going to be let go. It's going to be gummed up. And last year, I remember in that playoff series, just marveling at the fact that Nathan McKinnon could never get the puck and it's because he never had a chance to carry it. He got to his own blue line. He'd drop it off and wait to get it back. It would never come back to him. Gabriel Landeskog couldn't carry the puck through the neutral zone. So, again, there's no use talking about how perfect the playoff uh, structure is in the end of February just yet. But I think last night the Golden Knights uh, or, you know, on a, sorry, Saturday night, the Golden Knights, they did against Colorado. They played the kind of game they need to play. They didn't get the results they wanted. But they played the right structure, and over time, if you add in some of the pieces that they're missing, and the fact that Jack Eichel is going to get even more comfortable, time, you know, I think Pete DeBoer, I think he said the the words were, we're in the business of points. So you don't take too much of a moral victory, but I think the Golden Knights should be very, very happy with the strategy, the the plan they put forth. They did it right. They just didn't get the bounces they needed. Lannisgog's been good lately. He has. But you know what? He's the second best Gabriel on this show today. Gabe's coming up. Mirabelli. He's got the second best mustache, too. Yeah. I wish people could see this. I I agree with you. The director of Enterprise Operations uh, for Fully Entertainment Group, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, is going to stop by. We are from the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, going to bring you all the uh, little details about this facility that's about to uh, launch into a flurry of events from basketball football uh, to hockey and be the first to experience a whole new era of Big West basketball. Gather your friends and pack the Dollar Loan Center for its first event, the 2022 Hercules Tires Big West Basketball Championships presented by the Hawaiian Islands. 20 men's and women's teams take to the court on March 8th, so do the math on that as uh, March 1st is uh, right around the corner, like tomorrow. Uh, March 8th through 12th, uh, fighting to take the Big West title to the next level. Order now at the thedollarloancenter.com slash Big West tickets or call operator standing by 702-645-4259. The Dollar Loan Center. What did it take to build this place? And uh, some of the cool questions and little details about a brand new facility that maybe you never thought of. It's all coming up with Gabe Mirabelli. On the way on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Fox Sports Las Vegas. Getting it done from the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, brand new facility, home of the Henderson Silver Knights, the American Hockey League, and also the Vegas Nighthawks, and a whole bunch of uh, other events that are going to uh, come your way. And it's about to get underway and get real uh, here at the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, the ice sheet is down. Uh, they've got the grand opening coming up uh, this week, uh, the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and then we've got some Big West basketball uh, on the way as the first official event. Uh, Darren Millard along with Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights on nighttime at noon. A little more uh, hockey talk on the ice with the Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights and what's going on uh, with your respective teams. But first, let's uh, take a little 
detour and uh, chat with Gabe Mirabelli, who is the director, uh, Enterprise Operations, uh, Foley Entertainment Group, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you, you've overseen the entire construction of this. You're, you're the man. You're the tour guide. You are the guy that signs off on all the little details. Oh, just personally, what's this been like and different from what you did before this? Well, it was a completely new learning experience. I mean, yeah. I, this is not my background at all. My background's in law. So uh, it was kind of come in here and, and learn as fast as I can. But we had fantastic partners, obviously. The city of Henderson, it's a public-private partnership. So uh, they, they had a great team to help me out. And uh, they were involved every step of the way. So it wasn't just all on me. And then our sub, uh, our contractor, Whiting Turner, uh, who won the bid on the design build process. They've been fantastic. Can't say enough good words about them. Uh, Joe Swanson was managing the project on there. And so even though you tried to pump my tires and say this was a one-man show, it was definitely, definitely not. There were many people that went into the decision-making process and was just happy to be part of the team. But you could build me an entertainment center now, right? Like oh, yeah, for your house? Yeah, 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 for sure. You're an Ikea expert that. now. Yeah, 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 I'm going sure. to subcontract that out <laughs> to Geek Squad. <laughs> well, Gabe, the good thing is with your law background, we know that you know everything on a construction site, there are decisions to be made. We're sure that you won every argument. Uh, <laughs> one question I have, though, is this went up so quickly. This is from the beginning, pretty much eight, 18 months, roughly, of a project. And with the events that are coming up this month, there are people buzzing around the building right now, putting on the finishing touches, but... Uh, you guys were on deadline for this. How has it been uh, managed throughout to, to meet this date? Have you guys been kind of resting easy the last couple of weeks, or are you going right up until the buzzer? No, we've been going right up to the buzzer. Uh, the good thing was is that even when um, the pandemic began, you know, we didn't hit pause on the project. We just kept going right away. And then the other thing is Whiting Turner had everything planned out so well, so we were able to prefabricate a lot of the things that you see here and then just bring them and snap them into place Our our roof structure is a great example of that. All these trusses you see, you know, they were fabricated elsewhere, brought in, got the crane up, snapped them right into place. So, um, you know, we did have some logistical challenges. Our seats got stuck off the Port of Long Beach for about eight weeks, which was a little difficult. Really? To, oh, yeah. We, like, were, had a map, and we could look at the, where the boat was, and it was just sitting there. You had to go get it, didn't you? Yeah. You, you know, rode I up got, alongside I it. I rode up alongside it, and yeah. uh, I had to make a bunch of trips because the rowboat was not very big. <laughs> but we got them off, and then, it, like I said, for the most part, we, we were rolling to the point where once things did start to open back up and then the construction schedule for everybody else got crazy, we were pretty much ahead of the game. But uh, we're going right up to the wire here, some finishing touches, but uh, really excited. What's your favorite part of this facility? My favorite thing... You know, I really have to say there's not a bad seat in the house, mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm pretty proud of, right? You know, you go to a lot of facilities growing up in Boston, right, TD Garden. Like, yeah. there was some places I was like, I don't really want to sit here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go. Um, but just because we are such a small building and it's so intimate, anywhere in the lower bowls, a fantastic seat. Our suites are so close to the ice. There really is not a bad seat it's in steep, the house. It's steep, right? Yeah. Is it steeper than the normal buildings, like the the, the sight lines going up, sight lines? Actually, uh, it's not. In fact, it our feels like it. Our stairs are at a better grade, I think, for walking oh. than most places. Yeah. You know, it's a really comfortable step. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that, especially those with um, you know kids. Well, I'm fooled by the intimacy then, because it just feels like you're on top of the uh, on top of the ice, yeah, the surface. And there are no nosebleeds. And, and me, I'm I'm, right. a, I'm a larger guy. What I like is that everything's so close to the action. But at the same time, I've sat in these seats just to to take a breather. 
I have more leg room in these seats than I think I've ever had in any other building I've ever been in. Well, Brian, I did that just for you. You know, that's what you were measuring yeah, my legs for <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no uh, chair smaller than 20 inches in the building, and then also our premium and glass row one, glass glass row two, centerized club. Those are 22 inch chairs. That was intentional. You know, we didn't want to be the building that, by reputation, people come in and say, man, that's it. they squeezed a lot of seats into this place, blah, blah, blah. So that was very intentional part of the design. I don't know whether you know this, and this was not a planned question, but 20-inch uh, seats, 22-inch seats, what would, like some other facilities, what would be a small seat? If if, if I went somewhere and it was, is there an 18-inch seat? 18, 18 and a half is where you start to notice it, yeah. and that starts to get pretty tight. I'm, I'm not a big guy, mm -hmm. but you can just start telling kind of where you place your arms and mm -hmm. things like that. And then, again, just with the grade like you were talking about, you're not backed right up against the cup holder that's right in front of your seat just because of the, the grade that we're at. Right. So, um, again, once you get into that 18-inch number, and, again, when the corners, every building, not to give you too much of a peek behind the curtain, but every <laughs> building kind of starts fudging the size once you get in the corners. Really? To squeeze some seats in. Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, while we're talking about what goes into the uh, the metrics of some areas of the building, I wonder, and I think you might have some, some numbers on this, this eighth wonder of the valley, the raw materials that go into creating a building like this. It looks like a, f a fun structure, but at one point this is all a pile of materials. So what, what are we sitting in right now? So we've got over 2,275 tons of steel in the building. We've got enough wired and structured cabling to run uh, to L.A. and back. And uh, there's over 10 million individual LEDs on our center hung and ribbon boards combined. Really? Yeah. And you knew where every single one of them was at well, one point or I'm, another, right? I made them myself. <laughs> I made them myself. Has uh, all 10 million of those LEDs been lit up and tested? Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially with the um, events that we've had in the building, the season ticket member events, the select the seats for the uh, Silver Knights and the Nighthawks. Uh, we've we've lit them up, and uh, we've also been planning. You know, the audiovisual team's done a great job. You have to build all that, right? You don't just hit a button and it comes on. You got to build what those look like. So they've been grinding on that for the past month. It looks really, really good. Could you hold an event today in here? Like, if you if you really wanted to, are you that? Yes, we would help yeah. sweep yes. things up if need be. Yes, yeah. we we well we ha we are having an event. You guys are here. Good point. This, right. is the, this is the longest the uh, broadcast that's yeah. been held in here uh, today. There's been some some news hits out here, but this is the the first hour long uh, edition of a broadcast uh, in here. But yeah, it because I've been in some buildings, even some buildings this year uh, in and around the National Hockey League that held events, but we're still doing a whole bunch of finishing touches. This looks like you're ready to go. You know what, we are. I feel like we're in a really good spot. I mean, obviously still having a hard time sleeping at night until we get through the Big West Basketball Tournament. But um, we're, we're ready to go. You know, you might see a, a forklift or two out in the parking lot. But, uh, again, I, I, I feel really comfortable with where we're at. The team's done a fantastic job and just really being intense on everything. So we're ready to roll. That's right. You can't sleep because there's still some nerves. I can't sleep because it's like uh, it's the night before Christmas and I can't wait till morning. <laughs> but I wonder, and we're talking with Gabe Mirabelli, the first sense of what this building was going to look like was the artist renderings that we saw last year. Now, of course, the building is supposed to look like the renderings because that's the point of the renderings. But between the the club levels and the, the outdoor uh, fan areas, it looks so much more like the pictures than I thought it would. It looks spot on. Is there anything here that is... Maybe came along better than you thought it was going to at the start of the project. 
I definitely think that the exterior of the building looks fantastic. You know, you see the renderings and you can kind of fudge things a little bit, but even I've seen the building lit up a number of times from the outside and it looks really, really cool, almost like something out of Star Wars, right? With the, the LED strip lights, we spent a long time uh, picking those out. And then I think the Tilt Yard or Outdoor Plaza, our version of Toshiba Plaza, right? I think that looks really good. And just like you said, we actually have a drone that we fly and take pictures of the site just for uh, quality control checks and things like that. And uh, I was talking with one of the Whiting Turner guys, and he showed me a picture, and I went, man, is this the rendering that we showed no. at the start of the project? <laughs> no way. And he said no. So uh, That's the best compliment they can get, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have added some spaces, our event-level club. I didn't know if we were going to be able to, to fit that in the initial budget, but uh, we were able to. I think that's a fantastic space. I think the Glass Row 1 members are going to really, really enjoy that. There's been a couple of little things. The scoreboard is a little bit different than uh, we contemplated initially. We put some extra bells and whistles in there, which we can't talk about yet. But uh, hopefully everyone's going to really enjoy that. But, Brian, I think you're right. For the most part, everything looks how it should. And I think that is the thing that at least brings me some comfort, right? It doesn't doesn't look completely different from the pictures. What should people go check out when they come here for the first time? It's, you've got the Nevada Sports Hall of Fame in yes. here. That you're putting a castle in at the one end. You've got the Instagram uh, shield uh, when when they walk in the doors. There's there's a few different things where uh, kind of pop. What what would you encourage? I would say definitely the the sign, the Henderson Silver Knights logo, right when you walk in. Right, I think it's beautiful. It sets the precedent for the brand. It's a great thing to put on your social media. Also, we've got the retail store, which uh, is being built out as we speak right quite literally um so that's that's going to be a great place open on non-event days as well as event days we've also got the restaurant craggy range which uh they they finished up a couple weeks ago so that's going to be ready to roll i think the southern nevada sports hall of fame darren what you mentioned before is going to be really really cool it's not your traditional hall of fame right you go to i've been to cooperstown yep. and you just go and you see mickey mantle's bat or ted williams jersey this is an interactive display with led where you can hear stories kind of discover athletes that were in the valley that you may not have heard of and you kind of press their name and then right next to you on an led display you start hearing about them and their history and things like that and it's going to be cool because we can continue to update that content right yeah so i think that's going to be a really great place for people to go right off the bat we start working with uh, with partners whether it be the city of henderson for the state of the city address and then big west comes in so it hasn't just been an in-house quality control of okay we're ready for opening day there are other uh, organizations that had a, a role in, in the launch of this building as well. So uh, I'm sure they've been checking out where the project stands as we get ready for their events. Is everyone uh, just as impressed or satisfied from the outside looking in for what's to come? Well, unless they've been lying to me. They yes. wouldn't do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, They're Dan on growth talking to you. <laughs> Dan Butterly and uh, the team from the Big West has, has really been attentive kind of in coming for site visits double check in rooms okay this is exactly what we thought it was going to be and things like that and um you know i think throughout this process we've tried to be overly communicative both internally and externally and the big west anytime we call they pick up the phone so uh they've been great they're really excited i think we're gonna just again the intimacy of the building how loud it's going to be in here i think it's going to provide a great environment for their teams to want to come back and play here and kind of push the um, the view of that conference a little bit, and uh, we couldn't be more excited. Had Chuck Brennan on the broadcast uh, on the weekend, and we were t laughing about uh, Dollar Loan Center and the Dollar Loan Center. 
the the difference between. I'm glad you think two. that's funny. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think no. I, I think I'm going to be one getting a lot of mail that isn't meant for me. I think. <laughs> but, no, I didn't. I didn't mean it that way. But uh, it, it's it's a cool partnership between the two. But there is a difference between the retail outlets and and the brink and there people is. trying to, to to navigate that. Well, you know, it's we're like the Ohio State. This right. is the Dollar Loan Center. So that's how you just got to remember it. Just the Dollar Loan Center. See, that's you and I working together to get that out, even <laughs> though there's a, a a bit of animosity between the two of us from the sounds of it. Are uh, <laughs> The turf for the Nighthawks, that just pops. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And again, just when we get the dasher pads, you know, when we get the artwork for that, I think football is going to knock it out of the park yeah. here. I think it's so much fun. We were designing the LED, like, with the score, the, the uh, game clock, right, and the score, and Coach Mike Davis was down on the floor, and he was checking it out, and he goes, guys, you got the score at 99 to 99. Kind of looking at each other, yeah? Seems realistic. And he goes... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to score 100 points. You better put another digit up there. Really? And I was like, this is awesome. That's awesome. Bet and, the over. And not to mention, it's also, I mean, for indoor football, it's a sport that the whole point of it is that you're more on top of the action than you would be in any other football setting. This building is on top of the action. Right. So it's the same footprint as a hockey game, right? You just take the glass out. So if you have a glass row one seat for hockey and football, I mean, the players are going to quite literally be you're gonna right. get to know them you <laughs> could quite literally reach out and touch them yeah it's gonna be awesome with, with that in mind i wonder you know we've talked about all the amenities for fans and what the fun that we're gonna have here you know it's important for the players too and they've had a chance the staff to walk through and, and look at what uh, is in the bowels of the dlc uh is there anything in particular that the, that the teams and the players are excited about in this building that they may not have in other venues well i think one is bench access right um first of all george and kelly were really really deeply involved in the design of that space right it's just like you guys are the experts tell us what you want and uh, we spent a lot of time making sure that that's done correctly and they seem pretty happy with it so few um but (laughs) you know uh the lounge space is great they've got their own gym bathrooms dedicated training spaces the coaches have their own area right so i think one thing that was important just like we try and do across all of our organizations just do it the right way right make sure that we're doing this the right way and just again with so much input from them early on in the project and executing on their ideas i I think we've done that uh before we let you go uh, i don't know whether it was planned this way or just happened uh this way but you've got the ribbon cutting this week and then basketball starts then football then hockey i think the, the the rollout is intriguing to me well, I think that was uh, not contemplated because at the start of this, we were going to open in May right? and then have hockey come in the next year. But obviously, we wanted to get the team in here since we were going to be done. And then it was nice, though, because when you're just saying we'll open in May with no dedicated event, you're kind of left without a real flag in the ground. Yeah. Right. But as we started adding things to the timeline, it was like, okay, here's our hard, hard stop. So it gave us something to work towards put a little bit more pressure on us, but obviously we're ready to go, thank goodness. But it, that was nice, kind of having a defined finish to the project. When did you turn the corner where you went, ah, we're, we're good? Uh, and Yesterday. We're when, you, <laughs> when you asked me about five minutes ago. <laughs> Seriously? Is that? Is that I, heard uh, a, I heard a claim over my shoulder. Who knows what that was? Yeah. There's so many little things that I look at and go, we need to 
move this or something that you guys will never notice. Mm-hmm. So that's just what it is. It's it's more just little things. Got to move this. Got to move that. But uh, kind of in the past month, so much has happened. Obviously, the actual staff for the buildings here, and they've been rolling right. The view from uh, outside or, or through the glass at the at the the end, like it's it's unbelievable. It's awesome. And you can I love uh, two fifteen. You can see you turn off and it's right there. Exit five, yeah. by the way. Exit, Exit five. five. Uh, let everybody know. Exit five. That's all you need to know. Uh, and and it just pops out of the out of the skyline. That was one of the things that when we were doing kind of initial landscape discussions, we got drone footage. You know, we pointed at one of the shots. We're like, you can see the strip from here if we build it at the right height. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons that we have the outdoor deck right on the premium level. I think that's going to be a great space in between periods. People go out there, enjoy some Foley family wines. And then again, like you said, just kind of we're a small building, only 200,000 square feet. But with all the windows, you know, and the open to above spaces, it doesn't yeah. feel small. It just What does open intimate. to above mean? So it's like if you're on, if you come in off the, uh, if you're on the concourse coming yeah. in the main entryway, there's no roof. There's okay. no ceiling above you, so you can kind of look up for a couple floors. The windows is one of my favorite things that you guys did. Uh, Gabe, what's, what's your, uh, what seat do you have for opening day? I hope it's a good one. Uh, somewhere where there's a quiet place on event level. Hoping that nothing goes wrong. Very I close to the Foley family wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's got to be near yeah. uh, the, the bar. It's going to be one of the, near the circle bars with my friend Uncle Tito. When when Gabe Hope holds up his left arm, <laughs> they're going to be able to see him. That, that will be dedicated the, the, service the, to the, Gabe Mirabelli. The big part. Um, you excited? Really excited. Are you still nervous? 100% still nervous, but that's part of it, right? Yeah. You know, put a lot of time in, and uh, again, I had I had no idea what I was doing. So yeah. it's just <laughs> we can admit just, that now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're such a good team. Uh, the, the three of us. Welcome to our lives. We're all just <laughs> just say a line. That's all I always say. <laughs> you, uh, I'm I'm really proud of you because it's it's such a neat facility with all the nuances of uh, T-Mobile and uh, and uh, City National Arena and the the military ties in tie-ins and and you've done such an amazing job and the 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 roof is so low that it it adds to the it's going to add to the environment and the noise and it's going to be loud in here. It's going to be really loud. I don't know what you're doing for your next project. But you got some pressure on your shoulders for that one. Well, again, hopefully, hopefully everyone really enjoys it. Again, we had such an unbelievable team that knew what they were doing and knew what we were looking for. You know, Whiting Turner and Clyde Jubar, architect. You know, they know what's going on at T-Mobile, right? And they knew what was important to us. And more importantly, they listened. We just sat down for hours at the start of this thing, and they go, "What's important? Outdoor Plaza." Boom, they nailed it. Right, creating this environment. We got our steel 50 feet above the ice. Boom. Yeah. It's going to be loud in here, right? So just already knowing what makes our organization tick, they were already halfway there. You going to take a, a shot, a three-pointer, when the floor goes down? Absolutely. Go yeah. Cameras well, on? Well, I'm actually – I tried out for slot receiver. I you haven't did? heard back. Flop. I, it's probably because he's so busy. Mike, uh, Mike so busy. Yes. He's, he's designing – I'll, I'll play free stuff. safety too yeah. if they want. Oh, uh, you had like me if free. You're listening. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Coach Davis was probably saying, "Let's wait till he gets the turf down. We're not giving him anything yeah. else to do until that happens." I think I'm going to be playing left out, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got to be. Able, you got to take one field goal, one three pointer, and then one uh, like uh, slap shot from from just inside the zone, just for your own for my memoirs. Yeah, for your memoirs. Yeah, and I look forward to that. Are you? When, when's that coming out? Your memoir. Oh man. Well. I'm almost 30, so 
probably you're almost yeah, 30 2025 20, wow that's impressive almost 30 and he's building rinks i know i can't even clean my room. i didn't mean yeah. it like that now no. you're making me sound like i'm over here pumping my own tires no no we're you, pumping your tires yeah no, <laughs> yeah and after this i'm going to deflate them <laughs> uh, but the, the, that that's really cool that uh, you're able to do this. Uh, overachiever Gabe Marabelli uh, with us uh, with the uh, the Dollar Loan Center about to uh, launch this week. Uh, give us uh, some key dates and then we'll let you get back to work here. So this Thursday, State of the City, March 3rd, March 8th through the 12th, Big West Basketball. And then it is Saturday the 19th for football, 18th, Friday the 18th for football, mm-hmm. and then first HSK game April 2nd. Wow. It's going to be a busy month. Yeah. Uh, so grab a grab your tool belt and your hard hat. Oh, we don't have to wear hard hats anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I, I got my forklift right outside. Just going to kind of Can buzz you, have down you this way. Have you driven it? The no. forklift? No. no. But, I, you know, I was obviously I was the crane that hung the steel. It was <laughs> yes. the crane. Yeah. Well, hey, I, this is the first time I've ever seen your hair. I've only seen you a hard hat ever. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. And the Afro-frosted tips, I had no idea what was yeah, going on up yeah. there. Yeah. The, uh, the – how many tons of steel didn't include uh, Brian McCormick's arms before he walked in here? Because <laughs> that, that could guy, have the job done in 16 months if uh, I was here. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Uh, really, really proud of you. Really impressed with this thing, and uh, it's so awesome. And if uh, people want to reach out, get some uh, information on it, uh, dollarloancenter.com. Dollarloancenter.com. The dollarloancenter.com. Uh, it's it's been ingrained. Uh, McCormick and I joke about it every now and then because there'll be a sentence that doesn't quite fit with the, and we always oh. we we always just cram in the the the. Dollar. the Welcome dollar to the center. brand new the dollar <laughs> loan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exit five off the two fifteen, and yeah, you come out here and you check it out. It's uh, all coming together in the first uh, big event, uh, Big West basketball, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for this, Gabe. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Gabe. Unbelievable job. Uh, yeah, and especially fitting in that Star Wars reference for the second time in the show. So you're, you've got to come up next, with something the, next segment. in the third one. Uh, Vegas uh, Nighthawks coming to the Dollar Loan Center with kickoff set for March 18th. That's a Friday. Single game tickets went on sale today at nighthawksfootball.com. And full season plans are still available, so don't miss your chance to catch the Valley's newest pro sports team and this beautiful new arena in Henderson. Home means Henderson. Home means a whole lot of other things. Hockey, football and basketball and the ribbon cutting ceremony coming up later on this week. It's nighttime at noon from the Dollar Loan Center. We continue right after this. Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Do you think we get free anything after having Gabe on? Well, they, they have me come here all the time to, to talk to myself during mm-hmm. most events. Not all events, though. So I think I, I could sneak you in. I've, I just found out where the back door is. So. I, I came in through the uh, loading dock today. Was I supposed to come in through the loading dock? Yep. Yeah, that Breaking was rules already. It was, <laughs> a, it was in the email, uh, of which uh, I actually read uh, this time. Uh, I parked with the civilians. I'm a man of the people. We've got, uh, we've got some uh, Vegas Golden Knights news to, to talk about, uh, but also want to get into... This is going to be the home of the Henderson Silver Knights, and I want to spend some time on uh, on Manny Viveros and, and his team uh, going through the weekend. Uh, San Diego was at Orleans. If if anything taught me that we're ready to move, it was this weekend <laughs> and, uh, and leave the Orleans and uh, and what happened uh, this weekend. Just a, just one of those difficult uh, couple of games for the Silver Knights. Yeah, it was it was a tough three game stretch. Uh, you could sense. 
Manny Viveros's frustration after Friday and Saturday against uh, San Diego. Uh, they just they just weren't sharp, and they, they haven't been sharp over the last three games. Uh, and what's challenging for the Silver Knights is that this three-game stretch was going to be a little bit of a reprieve. They were on the road for six in a row, came home for these three, and now they're going to go on the road for six again. So you were hoping this three was going to be a little bit of a spell to help them get their feet underneath. It was not that, and now this six-game road trip becomes even more glaring. Um, Silver Knights took a day off just to, to get themselves recalibrated, and then they'll go to Ontario this weekend. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, and also, they're trying to stay above uh, the San Diego Gulls now, who beat them twice this weekend. San Diego uh, is 11 points back, so there's a cushion there. Uh, but they are going to play the Gulls four times in the next eight, so a lot of head-to-head there too. So uh, Silver Knights, uh, Manny Vivero said, hey, we were a team playing well a week ago. We just weren't this week. We need to get back to the last week's tenor. One player that jumped out at me uh, on the weekend, good or bad with the way the team's playing it, but uh, Pavel Dorofiev just has yeah. so much skill and so much range to him. He's he's not a player that uh, that uh, we've seen uh, up and and doing his thing uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, but that that is a player that's on the radar. He's he's dynamic, and it's something that Manny Vivero said is that he has a skill set that not many other have, which is just pure goal scoring ability. Which means you can beat a goaltender clean, but also you can create your own opening. Um, and you know, in other areas for the Silver Knights this year, the uh, offensive improvement, advancement of Jake Lecision and, and Jonas Rombjerg has been one of the the best uh, elements for the Silver Knights this season. But it's still a different skill set. The fact that Jake Lecision can score uh, on plays in front, garbage goals, and you know that's that's a, a tremendous tool added to his tool belt. It's not the same kind of offensive dynamism that you get from Pavel Dorofiev. So the good thing for the Silver Knights is that right now when they are struggling as a team, he's still finding ways to create and score goals. They're going to need more around that with him. But uh, the fact that this year he's taking that step forward uh, in his ability to, to create offense and to be the driving force of offense, uh, that's, uh, again, a skill set in the system now that for the VGK it's very good for them to have and to foster that. And one the thing that you'll love about being able to watch the Henderson Silver Knights in your own backyard and the Vegas Golden Knights is somebody like Jake Lecision, who's, uh, when he's with the Vegas Golden Knights, plays a, a simpler role. When he's with the Henderson Silver Knights, you rely on him to up his uh, skill level and creativity and the range and the difference is, is pretty neat to watch the development. And and year in, year out, especially at the AHL level, the point is players are supposed to get better. That's what development is. It isn't that we refine what they already are. They're supposed to be trying to add tools to the tool belt. Jake Lecision last year was not a uh, an offensive presence. He was a good 200-foot player, a checking center. He got the toughest matchups every night. This year, the Silver Knights, they'll still use him for the important defensive zone faceoff, but they need him to score, and hes it's not that he's uh, pitched in. Like, No, he's been a driving force of the offense, and, and the reason that is is because he's been so good around the front of the net, particularly on the power play. Tips, redirects, rebounds, and he's tough to move, especially for a guy who's not uh, overwhelming in size. So that's something that uh, something clicked. I mean, for Jake Lecision, he's figured out mm-hmm. and uh, improved his hands in tight to be able to score in dirty areas, and he's doing it often. First Henderson Silver Knights game here at the Dollar Loan Center, April 2nd. The opening of the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, days away. Uh, we've got the ribbon cutting coming up this week. The arena has a brand new website, so visit thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com for upcoming events, seating charts, arena policies, and much more, including your chance to purchase tickets for the first events in the building. So be there as history is made of the Big West Basketball Championships, uh, the first Vegas Nighthawks game, and the first Henderson Silver Knights game. All coming in the next few weeks. Visit thedollarloancenter.com to learn more. Back to wrap up uh, this hour of Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Nighttime at noon from the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. The, the best part about this is we have like 15 people around us right now, all, all making this broadcast happen. And uh, Ray is Radio Ray is the guy that really uh, clicks in and, and makes sure that we are on the air. But there's uh, 14 others that uh, that have contributed to this program, and everybody's talking to us, mm-hmm. but we have headsets on. So we can't we can't really hear them. It's just a lot so, of smiling. So nodding. a lot of smiling yeah. and nodding. It's it's the best. I've had some of the greatest conversations with my boss today, just through nodding. But you know, nine times out of ten, anytime I talk to someone, I just get the smile and nod. They're not <laughs> listening. So this is payback, fellas. Uh, we've got some serious uh, news to pass your way as uh, some developments have come uh, in through the world of hockey. And I'll start with the National Hockey League uh, issuing a statement uh, regarding the conflict uh, in the Ukraine. And the National Hockey League condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urges a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. Effective immediately, uh, the National Hockey League is suspending their relationships with business partners in Russia and are pausing Russian language social and digital media sites. In addition, the National Hockey League discontinuing any consideration of Russia as a location for any future competitions involving the National Hockey League. Uh, goes on to state that uh, the National Hockey League remains concerned about the well-being of the players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL clubs and not on behalf of Russia. So there's a real uh, line in the sand there. Uh, we understand they and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult position. Now, the uh, fallout of that is obviously going to trigger some reaction uh, in and around uh, the uh, hockey world. The International Ice Hockey Federation, which governs uh, everything from uh, the world championships uh, in charge of the uh, hockey tournaments at the Olympic Games and World Junior Championships, has also uh, made a uh, a major uh, decision. The IIHF has banned Russia and Belarus from tournaments until further notice. So Russia and Belarus banned from tournaments right now uh, in response to the Russia invasion of Ukraine. Russia will also no longer host the 2023 World Junior Championship set to begin in December. A new host will be determined in the coming months. this also has uh, implications uh, in the short term. The 2022, the, the most recent World Junior Championship that was uh, paused uh, because of COVID after a few games, a few days in Edmonton this year is going to be played this summer. Uh, Russia and Belarus, as of right now, would not be allowed to participate in that tournament. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's interesting the NHL statement too, to, to, to make the condemnation of Russia, but also to, to delineate uh, the, the understanding that for a lot of Russian players playing in the NHL right now. It, it's a, a challenging position to be put in, a rock and a hard place where, you know, for m- many of them, Alex Ovechkin said, I, I'm an athlete. I don't get into the politics. I'd rather stick to hockey. I think you let the players do that, mm-hmm. um, especially for, I think, the situation with Artemi Panarin last year where for players who have family over in Russia, it's a precarious – I'm sure a lot of them are fearing for the safety in addition to the, uh, the, the geopolitical impact that the last week has had. So – uh, for the NHL, good on them to make the statement that they made, but also on top of that, recognizing that the the players who, of Russian descent who are here playing in the states uh, probably going to need some support as well, at least in terms of allowing them to do their jobs. Yeah, and uh, communication, transportation. Um, we know that uh, that airlines uh, have been suspended uh, using uh, U.S. and uh, Canadian uh, uh, transportation uh, methods. So that's going to uh, cause uh, some uh, real uh, issues. And uh, we wish everybody the, the, the best of luck. They're from the uh, the Russian, the Ukraine, uh, all, all sides of it, everybody's looking for a peaceful resolution to this. Uh, but uh, the National Hockey League making a strong statement uh, today uh, in regards to the conflict uh, in the Ukraine 
right now. Uh, we're at the Dollar Loan Center. This is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with uh, Brian McCormick. Uh, do, you, do you have a favorite uh, little piece of, of this building that maybe is unique compared to uh, the other facilities that you've mentioned? Honestly, my, my broadcast spot is going to be right at that mid-level suite, uh, that mid-level uh, club area, kind of yeah. like what uh, Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty have over at T-Mobile. That's going to be kind of neat for me to do my job in the midst of the fans. Uh, but also, I've said this a couple of times, I'm a clumsy person. If I trip at the very top of the lower bowl and fall forward, I'm going to hit my head on the glass. That's how close everything is to the playing surface. So the intimacy of this building is, is unlike any other. What's about 12 feet, 12 steps from the locker room to the ice? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's... You, uh, the, that is if the fans are loud, the players are going to know before they get out uh, there. Guaranteed. Uh, thanks to Gabe Mirabelli for joining us here at the Dollar Loan Center. you got to come and check it out. Uh, ribbon cutting later on this week. Big West Basketball launched on March 8th, and they've got the Nighthawks and the Silver Knights. It's uh, great. We'll chat with you again on the BGK Insider Show later today.